TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. The Jim Gypsy Podcast is brought to you by Lift and Let Live and the FF5 Challenge. The FF5 Challenge is a five-week functional fat loss challenge that includes a seminar at your gym and individualized meal plans. To sign up for an upcoming challenge or for more information on how to bring the FF5 to your gym, just email liftandletlivefit at gmail or visit thegymgypsy.com. Make some coffee and grab your gym bag. We're going on an adventure. It's the Gym Gypsy Podcast. Let me set the stage for you. We are in a completely quiet, new facility with no furniture, two chairs next to a window, no AC, the power's not on, and I'm sitting here with the best massage therapist in the world. Now, is this awkward? Maybe slightly awkward, but... (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everybody. It is I, Justin, your friendly neighborhood, Jim Gypsy, and I am here with Etienne. Etienne. Etienne Joseph. So we just call him Joseph, or we just call him Joe. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited to be here. It's really cool that we're doing this podcast in your brand new facility like brand new like is in like you haven't taken anybody yet like it smells like brand smells new smells like brand new okay feels that is like the new smell new. right because i thought maybe it was me i wasn't sure no if... no no it's 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 actually kind of uh it's definitely new you know <laughs> at least new to me i don't know about the other people that were here before i mean the paint the the paint still looks um fresh here so so, so joseph is a is a really 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 awesome the best I'll go ahead and say it. The best soft tissue work guy that I know um, that I've ever worked with. And um, he's also a good friend. And we just thought we would come here before he opens up shop and we would talk shop a little bit about what he does and maybe pick his brains on recovery and all kinds of other stuff and just hear the story about how he came to be um, the best damn soft tissue worker in Georgia. So, and I'm, I'm totally lifting them up right now. So Joseph, tell everybody, uh, who you are, what makes a Joseph sandwich? Well, basically what it is, is, uh, hard work, determination, um, just wanting to be the best at what you do. That sounds like a meme. Well, I was just see. <laughs> it actually, um, it actually is a meme of sorts. I mean, uh, I uh, um, I come from a family of immigrants, you know, my family. Yeah, t- tell us about it because you came from um, – your entire family was immigrants, and that's where your name came from. I'm curious to say, like, what does it mean? Because it, it's something – it's on your Facebook page and all your and your social media, but um, you don't normally go by that. And everybody knows it, like, when they see it, but everybody's scared to pronounce it because they know they're not going to get it right. Everybody seemingly is scared to pronounce it, except for the people that are actually not from this country. So they actually say it correctly sometimes. They still mess it up. Yeah, it's, at some point, man, you you, you just got to, oh, all right, you know what? Just just call me Joseph. It's fine. Or Joe. It doesn't matter. EJ, whatever you want to call me. So it doesn't matter, man. You know, Um but like I said, I come from a family of immigrants. Uh, my family's from Haiti, a uh, very poor country at, the, um, um, at, at this point in time. But um, first free black nation in the world, um, but still going through some hard times. So uh, coming from that, ba- from that background, it's more or less like uh, the saying is hard work, School pays off. Is a little bit of a different, I guess, mindset over there as there is to, I guess, a country here where everything's, I don't want to say handed to you. I mean, we definitely have poverty and we definitely have things like that here. But there's even even the lower class or the poverty level in America is still much better than most of the world's living standards. And I just got through talking with somebody about that. 
Um, I'm also a five-year military veteran, uh, U.S. Navy. Hoo ya! Thank you for your service. I appreciate the uh, support. Um, and uh, it's one of those things that you look at. You're like, okay, when you see certain places. I went to Martinique while I was in, uh, which is a uh, which was once a French colony, and I saw a lot there that I was like, man we take for granted a lot of stuff in this country. And, uh, and having seen that and seeing certain scenes on TV, um, news and whatnot about Haiti. And I'm glad, I'm glad that I was, uh, that I was born in this country just to be able to, to serve in return for what this country gave my family, which was what, everybody looks for is the American dream. So your parents actually did come over from Haiti. You were born here. Yep. Um, have you been back over there? You said you've, you've been over there before. I went there when I was younger. Um, I'd say maybe about four or five years old. And then ever since then, it seems like after the, the civil unrest and stuff like that, Papa doc and baby doc and the uprising of the people, you know, we just never went back. Now, other people in my family have been back, you know, and they still say that, that you know, Haiti in certain areas is, a, is still a beautiful tropical country, man. I mean, waterfalls, man, very historic sites. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of coastline, right? <laughs> Surrounded by water. Yeah, I mean... It's, yeah, that's awesome. Like, so, but I guess it's, it's crazy to think like you can take an, like something like that in poverty. And then you think of like Hawaii, obviously it's, it's two completely different things. It's been, you know, totally Californication different. for, for Hawaii. Um, so, so we're talking about your, your background and I am still really curious as to what does your name mean or what is the significance behind it? Um, this is just for me <laughs> because I, I've found that people from other cultures and other countries, typically there's a very, very strong meaning behind their name. And I could be completely wrong. I apologize if I am. But like here in America, it's like, oh, I, I named um, I named my kid uh, Maddox. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? That eh, just sounded cool. You know, like there's not a lot of meaning behind it. Yeah, so, almost like getting a tattoo and just, oh, well, it looked cool. I'm going to pick B4 on the tattoo line up there. That's the one I want because <laughs> it looks neat. Exactly. You know, so. So, yeah. So what, what does your name mean in... Um, well, Etienne is actually French for Stephen. Oh, wow. Really? Yep. Or crowned. Crowned. Yep. So uh, middle name is uh, is we won't talk about. Um, wait, wait. What? You can't just say something like that and then go past it like nothing happened. What do you, why? At least tell me why we're not going to talk about it. Well, Maybe it's, we'll do it another podcast. We're going to have to do another podcast yeah, where we definitely. drink whiskey. And then maybe you'll talk about it. Oh, the truth serum. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but it actually means crowned. And um, it's, I chose that name as a form of to, because I struggled a lot with low self-esteem. Okay, low self-esteem, a little bit of depression. Um, uh, but the low self-esteem part was actually growing up. The depression and, and, and the anxiety part, which is also why I became a massage therapist is because it's a very calming, um, it's a very calming art. I don't see it as work. You have a lot of therapists that see this as work. This is not work for me. You know, this is, I go in and I get to make an athlete better, you know, by the modalities, the stuff that I do, um, or maybe even just sometimes being their therapist. Yeah. We were talking about how, um, I think, you know, before we started kind of like the, uh, it's the hair salon kind of talk. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like you're talking to someone, you know, or at least in the sports, like for me, like I'm not, you know, I don't have enough hair to have a hairstylist. (laughs) So yeah, I know. And if you guys, Joseph just pulled his hat off and he's completely bald by the way. So, um, I'm actually Joseph's hairstylist. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but for me, going to you is kind of like a slash therapy session. Like we end up talking about everything under the sun between sports and everything. relationships and spirituality and everything else. And it's kind of cool. Like um, 
I think that's kind of important to create a relationship with your massage therapist instead of going to like a massage envy or something like that where you, you have no relationship with them whatsoever. And I guess some people maybe they, they just want to shut up and just lay there. But the massage, the, the soft tissue work, I should say, that you do generally, I'm mm-hmm. sure you have people that you have the nice sensual massages with, but most of the people that come to see you, they're not going there necessarily to relax. They're mm-hmm. going there to get better and, and, you know, it's, it's not a, um, I'm going to say it's not a, not a pleasant thing. Um, you know, I mean, I, but oftentimes it's, it's a little painful. It's well, that basically comes from tissues, not being, not being, uh, what's the word I'm, um, I can use, not being used well, uh, improper movement or being overused, you know? I mean, anytime that you see somebody squat and they're squatting with their knees going in and then they bow out to come back up, yeah, there's something wrong with that. Yeah, there's an imbalance on there. He's talking about knee valgus where the knee pops in there. And yep. It's typically like a weak glute meat. It could be like an imbalance in their foot or something like that. And a lot of times it's quad to hamstring imbalance too. Like mm-hmm. someone's trying to get their quads to fire and when their hamstring can't. should be. Yeah. And so so let's, let's jump into that now then. So I, I want to talk about how you work with people because you've had a chance to work with a lot of different people from bodybuilders when we talk you know um oh, yeah mma guys you're you're very good jujitsu um practitioner yourself um and then you do a lot of crossfitters you actually before you opened up your own spot which again we're, we're in right now i'm excited about this place you can live here dude <laughs> this thing's huge dude i promise you i got a sink over there man i'm gonna have a um, a microwave and whatnot dude maybe a cot in the back yeah, well i mean i mean of course i'm gonna have my table here dude so just in case you know i get in, into um into any trouble with, with the, the missus. uh with the missus you know i got somewhere to go you know <laughs> just saying i mean nah but baby i love you and uh <laughs> you know i do <laughs> i love how you set that up right afterwards like look I, I i regret what i just said actually let's just not even talk about that let's move forward <laughs> <laughs> nah man but she is a um she's definitely a um a beautiful light in my life man um past six months has been eight months has been flying by has flown by man and every single second with her man has been just just amazing because there's a saying that will smith had um and i'm probably paraphrasing here but he says this he says if you were with me in the beginning then you'll be with me in the end so in essence it's like you know if you're not with me in the beginning don't expect to be part of my celebration in the end yeah kind of the you know the before greatness yeah we were actually talking about the sig parvis magna the great things from little beginnings exactly you know you know we all start from some some of us have some advantages in the beginning but we kind of all start from somewhere so so i if you if you had to just guess um what is the largest percentage of quote-unquote athletes, like the, the type of thing that they do that you work with? Would it be weightlifters or powerlifters or crossfitters or MMA guys or what? It's been a little bit of both, man. I mean, with the modalities that I do, I've it's it just seemingly is one of those things that you look at, you're like, okay, I have this, this you know, 240, 250, 300-pound, you know, athlete on my table, and he's complaining of lower back pain, okay? And you go through the the movement with them, you know. Um, I go off of a lot of uh, Kelly Starrett stuff. Um, and uh, if anybody doesn't have his book, I'm telling you, it's 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 absolutely amazing. Becoming a supple leopard. Yeah, he kind of made stretching and mobility sexy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, no one thought stretching was cool until he came around. And now when you see that you used to see like a guy doing like some weird, like, you know, whatever in the corner of the gym, you're like, look at that loser. Let's just go squat. And now when you see somebody with like a foam roller and a lacrosse ball and some, you know, um, voodoo floss or something mm-hmm. like that, you're like, that guy knows what he's that doing. That guy knows what he's doing. So something he, is up with that guy. He honestly did, you know, like, um, I mean, he definitely knows his stuff, and I'm sure there's been, you know, there are people before him, and I, you know, he's learned from other people too. But for some reason, he was just at the right place at the right time, that you know, and he and also knew his stuff, 
to really kind of push the mobility movement, um, no pun intended, you know, kind of in the forefront. And now I feel like I think he's done a, a, a big service. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably definitely. definitely help people like you. Oh, dude, I I take a lot of his stuff and I plug it. I plug it into my table, basically, you know, and then I take um, I take the 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 uh, adapter and I plug it into my head and I'm like, wait. Okay, so if he's having this person do do X Y Z for mobility work, say it's like your shoulder or something like that, you know, then then what I'll do is I'll take that same lacrosse ball for the shoulder, you know, place it up underneath them on the table, and move the arm for them, you know, and then what I'll do is I'll ask them, hey, just go ahead and see how that feels as you're doing it yourself. See, my whole philosophy is is that if I see you three to four times. Okay. In between that time, you should be doing your own mobility. Yes. That's what we don't talk about, man. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, people can pay someone to do something for them, but as great as it is, and this isn't taking anything away from you at all, the thing that's going to work is a thing that they do all the time. Exactly. Right? Like if, if you want recovery and mobility, even if they come to you three times a week, which coming to a massage or soft tissue therapist three times a week, that's a lot. That, that's a lot of that. funds, dude. You, you know? know, but if, um, you know, even if it's, you know, affordable, it's still a lot of money to, to put into that. And athletes are willing to do that. But even three times a week isn't right. You know, it de depending on how long you've beaten this, this body part into submission, you know, you're going to have to beat it that much out of submission. Exactly. Right? Like, you know, and you, that's something you need to do every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Right. So what do you do when, when you're working with someone and they say have, I, I don't know, like a labral tear in their shoulder and they have like, um, you know, bad internal rotation because of that. Um, you know, if you're working with them, you work with them when they're there, but do you give them, things to do afterwards you know i mean how, how do you communicate that to them well it's not necessarily something that i have them do afterwards it's just it's it's simple simple mechanics as to how the body's supposed to move so let's just say that you're doing in um an overhead squat i've seen people overhead just oh god <laughs> It's horrendous. It's trust me. You know I've coached for years. I've seen it too. It's bad, you know. And then the um, and then the the uh, the elbows go forward with the elbow pit forward, and you know and the back is all bent, looking like a broken rainbow backwards. You know, it's it's just ridiculous, you know. And then I guess um, and just to mention, I'm also a uh, um, Olympic weightlifting coach, so. That just cemented a lot of the um, movement faults that I see. And I'm like, wow. And you're still lifting like that, you know? And so getting back well, to A lot it, of people think that, not to cut you off, but a lot of people think that if they can do it, then they're doing it right. Right? right. So like a lot of people think like, well, I'm doing an overhead squat and maybe somebody's told me that I need to fix this, but I'm not hurt right now and I'm able to and do a significant amount of weight. So I'm doing it right. But they don't understand that that small movement pattern um, issue is going to not be an issue tomorrow, but an issue a year from now. And then once you've, like we just said, when you've pounded yourself in a submission for a year, do you really think you're going to be able to get yourself back out of it in a week? Well, no, absolutely not. You know, and, and just being real with this, you're not going to get better in a week. You're not going to get better in two weeks. You know, uh, I think the, the, what was it? 13 to 18 months to undo the ratchetness that you did to your body. Ratchetness. I love it. You know, I mean, <laughs> no, seriously, it's, 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 it sounds silly, but at the same time, dude, it's like, wow. I've, I've gone to people on the gym floor and said, that's going to hurt you in about two weeks. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I'm going to be sore? Like, no, you're going to snap your shit. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Your shit is just going to be fucked. And then, guess what? You'll call me. Here's my card. Yeah, I was going to say, here's your job security. Nice yeah. to meet you. And I'm not going to tell you how to do it right. But, <laughs> but, but, here's, but here's my card. You're evil, Joseph. You, no, it's not about being evil. Dude, you know what? I've worked with athletes, man. I'd say past 
10, 15 years, and I see what they do to their bodies, man, and, and even doing a deadlift. How do you do a deadlift like a fishing pole with a, uh, with a shark on the end? I've never heard that analogy before. So you're talking about you start nice and straight, and then as soon as there's any tension on it all, you you, and you, you bow your back. <laughs> How do you? I mean, and then and then do it not just one time. You do it consistently. Twenty one fifteen oh, nine. Oh my god! It's like seriously. All right. Well, um, uh, enjoy that back pain. Oh man, I don't need to go to a therapist. Now you don't. So once they've already screwed themselves up. They come to you. Um, let's use the, the deadlift now, um, since you know that low back pain is probably one of the most common low back pain and maybe shoulder issues. Mm-hmm. One of the most common things in, in all sports. So, how do you approach that? Do you ask them questions when they come in? Um, I know you got a pretty thorough um, kind of waiver and survey that you make them fill out before you even you know start to work on them. Um, how much does that tell you and how much is that just kind of like a starting point? And, and then, you know, what is your process after that trying to figure out like, okay, what's the actual issue here? I'm, I don't want to just, you know, you don't want to just work on the symptom, right? You want to actually fish, fix the fix, issue. Fix the issue. Then. So what is your thought process on, on figuring that out? I guess I'd have to say that the thing I like to do the most is find out the cause or what is causing the issue. It's not just the fact that you deadlifted. It's the fact that you deadlifted wrong. It's the fact that when you're at the bottom of that squat, you tuck under and then to come back up, you stick your butt out to come back up. So that's causing a shear on the lower lumbar. Okay. So my thing is, is that that, 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 that piece of paper just tells me words. It doesn't really explain things. It, it, it does explain your pain, but it doesn't explain how and why you are injured. Okay, so what I do is I tell them, you know, hey, do a squat for me. Let me see where you're at. Uh, can you, what, what's your tolerance of weight that you can lift in a deadlift right now? Not saying, so maybe I'll put, you know, uh, 75 pounds on the bar, you know, and have them deadlift, you know. Now, if that's too much or they say, dude, I can't even do 10, okay, that's completely fine, okay. Now you just know the severity of it. Now I just know the severity of it, you know. And some, some folks may say, well, why would you make somebody move while they're in pain, okay. Well, I have to find out exactly how their feet are turned out, if they're turned out. You know, um, how far into, um, into the, the, um, the descent, the descent that they actually have the pain, you know, and some may agree may, and some may disagree, but at the same time, you know, I have to, I have to actually see them do the movement in order for me, for me to say, aha, that's where the problem is. Yeah. But you, it should be stated that, you know, they may be having pain doing the movement, but you're not like loading them with a bunch of weight. Or no, it's, it's no, not like at all. That's, squat or like, you yeah, know, just typically mimicking an overhead press with your arms. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, if say the overhead press, so you have the overhead press and your elbows flare out and, and back and your elbow pits are facing forward. Okay. Nothing is locked, you know, well, yeah, there is something locked. It's it's your shoulders and your neck, and you and you're complaining about neck pain. Okay, the 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 traps or mid-thoracic traps, all that just get locked into that area, and the um, right into the cervicals. What happens is everything just kind of like shifts, and your head pushes forward, and all this other good stuff. I get it. You know, you got to get the weight up. But but do you have to though? But do you have to though? Asshole, do you really have to get the weight up? Like, yeah, is it that important? Like seriously? Like you know, let's be realistic. Like, are you? I mean, if this is an overhead press, are you a national level Olympic lifter? Or are you a soccer mom that's just trying to get the baby weight off? Yep. And I think the problem is, is with you know, with Olympic lifting, with powerlifting, and with CrossFit, and a lot of those um, types of sports where performance is, is the is the main focus, 
we get caught up with that number. And, you know, people tend to train for, to find out what their max is, not train to get strong. And when you do that, you put yourselves in compromising situations, like you just said, broken positions and movement mm-hmm. patterns on a regular basis. And when you constantly put yourself in broken movement patterns on a regular basis, those imbalances are going to become worse, not better. Of course. You know? Of course. I, but I think a lot of people probably have the, the idea of like, well, this hurts and because it's, it's hard and it's supposed to be hard. So that's why it hurts. And if I can just get stronger, then this won't hurt as much. Now, probably it's going to hurt more as you get stronger. And at some point, you're just going to hurt yourself. You won't be as strong. And then and blame then, the sport. I was going to say, then you blame the sport of the coach. There you go. A lot of times, though, I will say this. A lot of times... And I know a lot of people are not going to like me for this, and I, I really don't Who cares? care, but a lot of times I've seen coaches, and I understand, I really do. You got a lot of people in the, um, the class, you know, you got to keep an eye on everybody, making sure they're doing it right. Um, but a lot of times I see coaches that actually have seen the person do something we're talking about in like group class like a crossfit or something yeah like that, right yeah. yeah see the person do the movement wrong and then walk right by yeah that's a slippery slope and here's why because most people that listen to this know that i did crossfit for years and i ran gyms for years actually and um the problem is is that it's absolutely true that the smartest thing to do when someone's actually doing the workout like the wad um, so to speak, is is just to kind of not try and change anything in the moment. It needs to be changed before. Yeah. And that's where the coaches mess up is, you know, if if we're taking, you know, they've got 30 people in a class and they need 15 minutes to do a dynamic warm-up and explain the workout, they've got to get the class rolling so they can get in the next one and they're not taking time to look at each person, do the movements ahead of time, and then taking the time that it needs to focus on mobility. And so that's where the group class structure with an hour plan is kind of a broken plan right um it can be done i've seen it done i've done it myself but a lot of times it means you have to cut a lot of the other bull crap out and you have to focus on a lot of things and then you have people that are on a very elite level or a very high level training with people that are on a very low level and so you really kind of have to have levels of classes within your gym and then you need more coaches you need more time slots and that's more money and most gyms are already struggling um, to just pay the bills because it's so saturated, especially in a market like Atlanta. And so then you become, you stuck, it's this catch 22. It's like, well, I've got to survive. Um, and I want my people to get better, but the things that I need to do to make them get better is going to crash my business. So which one is it? Now, most people start CrossFit gyms because they want to help people, not because they want to make a lot of money because there's not a lot of money in CrossFit. Um, I know so many people that are struggling, and the only reason they still have a gym is because they just happen to have a really good job of their own on the outside. But I think that's the issue. And so I I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on CrossFit coaches, like they just don't know what they're doing. It really is – you know, the, the business, because it grew so much, has really kind of backed itself into a corner in many ways. Yeah, pretty much. And um, uh, to, to bring up, to bring up um, performance, you know, uh, and uh, Kelly Starrett again, you know, um, he has this thing that he has um, or that he, he does on, I think he says Thursday nights. It's not online or anything like that, but it's at his own gym. It's called like a performance lab. You know, where, where are you dumping torque? Where are you, you know, not, not moving correctly, you know, and this is after you've done a whole lot of stuff, you know, cause your, your, your form will break down after you start to get tired, you know? But does it really have to break down? Yeah, and that's the question is like if your goal is performance and output, then, you know, you're going to have to push yourself not just to that form breakdown but past it. Um, But the catch-22 is if you really want to get stronger, you really should only work in that – perfect movement failure, as Uh we call it, not a true max, but but a technique max. And nobody wants to do that. if they're so focused on the numbers. So unfortunately the same, the same kind of intrinsic competitive nature 
um, that was in, instilled into CrossFit that's made it so appealing to so many people. Like that mm-hmm. warrior mentality is the same mentality that created so many of these other issues of people not wanting to do the things that they need to do to get better long term. They're sacrificing so they can maybe put up a better number um, for that day. Right, right. And um, let's be honest, dude. Um, you're not a ranger. You're not a seal. You're not a green beret. I'm definitely, I'm the red ranger. Oh, well, and, and that's okay. I, what color ranger are you? Uh, well, um, actually, I... You, you actually were. I actually like the Power Rangers. I never really thought about it. You know, a lot of... Um, um, a lot of people. Um, I'm black, by the way, just in case anybody uh, didn't know. <laughs> but you're I'm not, not going to choose ranger. the black ranger. How, how racist was it that the black ranger was black? Uh, Isn't that racist? No, I don't think of it as being racist. It, well, it wasn't racist in the '90s, but it's definitely racist in 2018. Oh my god! If that came out there, it would, if you look at all the new Power Rangers, none of the black rangers are black because <sighs> they're worried that they're going to get there. Since we're talking about color. What so everybody knows by now that I have this ridiculous uh, tradition of um, a, of a lot of different color microphone covers. So, what color microphone color did you pick? Blue. Blue and why? I like blue. Because he was on the phone, and I was like, "Hey, pick a color." He had no idea what I was talking about. He's just like, uh, "Blue." <laughs> he went back to talking, so he I just like likes blue. blue. <laughs> so, would you be the Blue Ranger? Uh, more than likely, I probably would be. Yeah. Because Billy was kind of a dork, though. That's all right. I'll be the dork with the uh, with the smarts, dude. I'll be fine with that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and he can still kick butt. Yes, he can. And now in 2016, I think it's a lot cooler to be a dork than it was like 20 years ago. Well, I'm sorry, not a dork, a geek. A geek. Well, and that's the thing with me is is that I like to geek out on things. And you you've been on my table before, you know uh, that. Um, I play podcasts. I mean, I hate listening to music. Smooth jazz? It's, you don't like smooth jazz oh, when you work? Dude, it's just horrendous. It's like, seriously, you're really going to try to put me to sleep with this? Yeah, if you're going into Joseph's um, studio expecting to relax and, and you know, be in like a massage envy with the candles and the perfume and the smooth jazz or the whatever the oriental like um soundtrack is it's typically in the background you're gonna be sadly mistaken he's gonna have a podcast where you're learning probably uh, you know however many different podcasts maybe joe rogan it may be you know barbell shrugged it may be something not fitness at all um and and he's gonna be working and asking you questions throughout the whole time which is something that at first was actually a little weird to me because it was kind of a paradigm shift but now i don't i don't know that i would want to go back any other way like I don't listen to smooth jazz when I work out and try and better myself. There's no other time of the day when I listen to smooth jazz. So, I mean, if I want to relax, I'm going to like lay back and like watch wrestling or something. Lay on your couch and turn on Alexa. Alexa, play smooth jazz. Alexa, give me Michael Bolton. See, see, it's just that simple. But when you come to see me, you know, expect to try to get better. So we got off track, but you were talking about, um, you know, you're not a ranger, you're not a Navy SEAL, you're not these things, you know, so I guess, you know, there's some questions that you need to ask yourself as to the priorities for your life and longevity, right? Yeah, pretty much, you know, I mean, and to be honest with you, like you just said, it's about the long game. It's not about, it's, it's not about how much that you can lift. Dude, you don't know how many, how many older gentlemen I've seen and by older, I shouldn't say older. 29 mm, mm, <laughs> mid 30s early 40s whoa, whoa 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 dude i've seen it seriously older gentleman is means 35 is dude, that what you're telling me dude i'm 43 this podcast is over oh god <laughs> <laughs> look when you're 35 40 isn't old anymore yeah exactly so i'll see this guy you know dad bod which i detest what the name or just Having a dad bod, just having a dad bod. I think um, I think it's just an excuse to have to, uh, to to not do anything. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast, right uh, there, dude. I'm telling you. It's, Although, it, shout out to my boy Robert Hall, who we've also podcasted with. His name on Instagram is actually Dad Bod Barbell, which is a great 
name. That's that's actually pretty genius. <laughs> I like he's in that. good shape. He doesn't have a dad bod. Anyways, go right. Ahead. So so you have this guy that comes in with a dad bod first day into uh, powerlifting or CrossFit or something like that. You know, and and it's not the first time I've heard it. They go in and they slap, you know, 275 on the bar to squat. Um, like without warming up? Like without warming up. <laughs> and yeah, their max is probably 315. And, and their max is probably, their max in high school was probably about 345. But they're trying to warm up with 275. And then the first thing I hear is, well, the, uh, the, the, the human body has memory, right? Or the muscles have memory, right? Uh, dude, not that far back. <laughs> That's so, has somebody actually told you that before? I've yeah. never heard that before. Oh, muscles have memory, right? That is right? such a great response. Like, they have memory, but not that far back. Not that far back. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, just dude, just, hey, how about we take off? About, you know, let's go down to about 150. That's a little light, isn't it? Don't worry. After I get done with you, that 150 will feel like 275. Here's to put things in perspective, and hopefully most people listening to this already know this, but I know people personally that squat 1,000 pounds. Yeah. Where do they, do you think they start at 275 when they warm up? When you squat, your tissues have to be perfused. They start at the empty barbell. They, yeah. They, they start at the empty barbell. I start at the empty barbell. Anybody who knows what they're doing starts with the empty barbell. Now, the jumps, that's something that you can be argued. You know, if it's under 70%, you can take 20% jumps. If it's over 70%, take 10 to 15% jumps. 5% jumps as you get closer, blah, 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 whatever that is. Obviously, the higher your max is, the larger jumps you're going to take at other pieces. But the bottom line, you need to get enough volume in and you need to be able to move that bar perfectly. And if the squat, if, if you do it enough, it it is a very specific, very precise thing. It's not just something that you, Thank you just throw on your back and you just go down and up with. And you have to practice that. And every single warm-up that you do, that's just practice, right? It is practice. You're not going to get out there and just immediately, you know, if you're going to play football, you're not just going to say, okay, let's go. No, you're going to have a whole warm-up on to do that. And if you're smart, you're not just going to be like me and try and throw a, a ball without warming up your shoulder or you're going to end up tearing your labrum or your rotator cuff or something like that. You have to make sure that you can do the movement perfectly with the same amount of energy and intensity with an empty barbell as you do your max, rather if that's 135, 225, 315, 405, 700, whatever it is. If you can't do that movement properly and it doesn't feel good with the bar, it's going to be worse with two plates and three plates. It's oh, yeah. that simple. It doesn't get better as the weight gets heavier. Yep. It gets worse. So start warm your body up, especially as you get older. I can't believe that I've never seen that before. And it upsets me. I'm sorry. I'm going to get off. I'm, I'm upset now. Soapbox. It's all I'm right. Gonna, I'm going to set my microphone down and I'm going to let you talk because I'm upset. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, you see this person, this, uh, uh, this guy that walks in and he, and he has the barbell on his back. You know, he's still going to do whatever that he wants to do. Dude, you're a grown man. You do whatever you want. A grown-ass man. You know, yeah, yeah grown-ass man, dog. You know what I'm saying? I'm not calling you delicious. I'm a grown-ass <laughs> man. I ain't calling no grown-ass man delicious. <laughs> Said if you're all the way down to the end of the street, I got to yell it. Yo, delicious. Sorry. That Yo, was, what up, dog? Who's that? Cedric the Entertainer? <laughs> Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'm. hey, hey, you know what? You do what you want to do, but I'm letting you know right now that that's probably not the smartest idea. And then you see them do it, and the form is wrecked. It's just nasty, and they come back up, and they're like, whew, that was heavier than what I thought. Yeah, no shit. Seriously? Yeah, we didn't even touch on nervous system, you know, engagement, huh. because... <laughs> if, if you throw our nervous system is much like I use the analogy I've used it for years of and I don't know where I got it from but of a of a frog most of us have heard the old analogy of a frog if if you put a frog into a hot pan they're jumping right the it fuck jumps out right out if you put a frog into a normal pan and slowly turn up the heat it will sit there until it cooks itself because it can't tell the difference 
of the slow change in temperature, mm -hmm. right? Our nervous system is the same way. If we take a huge jump past like say 50% of our max, whatever that is for us, what our nervous system is used to, right? So if you're, in other words, if your max is 315 and you jump from 135 to 225, that 225 is going to feel way heavier because it stunted your nervous system. Mm -hmm. Or let's say your max is 315 and you don't want to you don't want to wear yourself out, so you're going to go straight from 225 to 315. Mm -hmm. You're probably not going to make that lift. Or if you do, 315 wasn't truly your max because that stunt of your nerve, the 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 effect on your nervous system, that shock, that, that big jump. Yeah, the shock is what I was looking for. The shock to your nervous system that the big jump does is going to be significant and it's going to be felt and it's going to mess with you. Now, if you make smaller jumps with singles, you know, 10, 20% of your max at a time, meaning if it's 315 and you're doing, you know, 5%, um, you know, making 15, 20 pound jumps, then that nervous system will slowly be changed. Your body can't tell the difference between 315 and 320. It doesn't. No. Your nervous system cannot tell the difference between 315 and 320. The reason why you would miss a lift from 315 to 320 is because of prior fatigue, not because of nervous system change. Now, but your body can tell the difference between 225 and 315. Oh, yeah, definitely. So that's, so that's, that's the issue. So, I mean, that's a whole nother issue that, you know, that we would get into with that. Right, definitely. And, you know, when you see people do that, you kind of have to think to yourself, you know, huh, are they are are they actually listening to what their body is telling them or are they just going off of you know prior and i believe in the latter that they're going off of prior lifts you know uh living out you know days of old or whatever you want to call it and you know dude you can get back to that but by all means take your time so when you work with people like this, is there a certain point where you just throw your hands up and take their money and work on them on a soft tissue level? <clears throat> or do you, I mean, have you ever turned people away because they kind of refuse to take your advice or? I fired a few people. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's just because they say it's not getting better. It's not getting better. It's not getting better. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, have you been doing the mobility and the movement practices that I have told you? Have you gotten the book that I actually have have suggested? I can't tell you to do anything. I can't prescribe anything, okay? I'm a therapist. But at the same time, I've given you the tools that you need in order to do these things and get yourself better. Have you been doing it? Well, uh, I just don't have the time, you know. 10 to 15 minutes a night. Kelly says that, shit. You know? And now I say it. I do the movements for you, while you're on the table, I say, this is the movement that you need to do while at home to get your shoulder better. Yeah, but they don't really care. They want a pill. They want something that's going to fix them without yeah. them have to actually do the work. And unfortunately, in order to get the work done, you got to do it yourself. Unless they're literally going to come to you every day or multiple times a day and get that work done. You know, And I think uh, Stan Efferdine says this a lot. I quote him a lot. I'm a huge fan of him. Hopefully, we'll have him on one day. But... You know, it's it's that it's the work that you do to yourself that makes the change. Yes. Not not the work that's so, like a pill that you take or when you see somebody like you for 35 minutes or, or an hour at a time. Like and that's why I think it's important to go to someone like you. It doesn't mean that those that things like that you do doesn't have value. It's just that that's it's the same thing as like supplements. Right. Yep. Like that's the tip of it. The majority of the work that has to be done has got to be done by you. It's all on. Has you. anybody else made it in the business world by just other people doing things for them? Like mm -hmm. if you want to make it, you've got to do the work yourself. You've got to put in the time. And it's just not still. Unfortunately, it's not. It's more sexy than it used to be mm -hmm. because of Kelly Starrett, but it's still not sexy enough for people to really, really put in the effort into it. Well, yeah, and and also taking another um, another look at it, it's 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 weird because I do all this, and it's like you 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 see the person, they say, "I'm still not getting better. I'm still not getting better. I'm still not getting better." And you ask them the question, and then you get frustrated with it. Dude, I've gotten to the point right now that, that I don't get frustrated anymore. You know, I don't have to live in your body. Well, and it's, it can be difficult, though, when you have a compassionate. <clears throat> when you are compassionate is because you want 
to help people, right? Like I don't, you know, I, I got into nutrition and, and, and this whole thing because I wanted to help people. Right. But oftentimes we find that we want to help people more than they want to help themselves. themselves. And, and unfortunately, like you said, like with nutrition, I, we get the same thing. You know, people are like, well, I'm not losing the weight, you know, doing this and that or whatever. And it's typically those people that don't have that compliance. It's the people that don't, it's always the people that don't have the compliance that, that don't see the results. When they tell you that. Yeah. And, or, or, you know, I have everybody check in before 10 a.m. on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever it is. If they can't take two minutes out of their day to check in with me, I already know they're not following my plan. If you can't take two minutes to log on your phone, I know you're already on your phone. I know you already know how to take pictures of yourself in the bathroom because I've seen them on Instagram. That first Facebook post. You can't sit, you can't weigh yourself, take a measurement, and snap a quick shot of yourself to send it to me before 10 a.m. on a Saturday or a Sunday, and then you're wondering why things aren't working. Well, first of all, I don't know what the hell to prescribe you if I don't know how you're doing. Thank you. Right? I'm just shooting in the dark. And, and you know, I, I – well, I'm, we're not going to get off on, on – on me not being able to do it you know i'm not i travel a lot and i can't always um it just sounds like i'm complaining now which i guess i kind of am but i'm not always in wi-fi so somebody will <laughs> send a check-in like the following day and expect an update like look i'm on the road i can't that's why i had you do it before this but the bottom line is like you said if it always comes back to what the person is willing to do right like if 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 they're willing to do the work they're going to see the results that's exactly if what they I just mean. expect you to do the work for them and it's it's not going to happen. I mean, I can do the work. I mean, shit, you're paying me. Yeah, you need to have a, a, a an elite level where you just like stay with them at their house for three months and just work on them twice a day, and they pay you I don't know ten grand a week or something like that. That 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 that, that that'd work. be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> Anybody out there that wants to do it, hey, feel feel free. But <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, man, I mean. I guess my saying is, is I love you, but I don't want to see you that often. You know, after a while, it becomes repetitive. It becomes, just becomes like, like one of those things that you have to kind of just turn around and say, okay, you've seen me for this. Now you need to go to this person because apparently I'm not doing what I need to do for you. So here's an orthopedist. Here's a physical therapist. Here's my chiropractor list. Go through it, pick one that works for you, and uh, be well. And it's good to know that you understand when to concede and when to send somebody off like that because you are good at what you do, but you don't profess to be an ART specialist. No. You don't profess to be a chiropractor nope. um, or you know, or a physical therapist even. You if it are, happens, if an adjustment happens during a massage session. You don't charge for it. I don't charge for it. <laughs> It just happened. You've done that to me before, and I think you've actually said, like, oh, there you go, free of charge. Yep, free of charge. <laughs> Done. You know, but, I mean, all in all, I'm just, um, I'm out here, man, to help people. I'm not saying, you know, that 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 I'm the best massage therapist in the world, but I'll be honest with you, I do shit that a lot of therapists are scared to do. So talking about things they're scared to do, if you had to give people listening um, kind of one of the most common things that you see that they can do to fix things. Like the, one of the most common problems, like it'd be a shoulder pain or back pain in, in like a weightlifter or a powerlifter or a CrossFitter or something like that, um, that you see more often than anything else. What is some advice that you could give these people right now that they can do at the house to help specifically? Like let's just say lower back pain. What is the most – and I understand that it's a bunch of different – things that could play into it but just a quick snippet of information that you found to be very um beneficial to a majority of the people that you work with lower back pain i'd have to say man uh you have to work from the from the back of the knees on up to the the glutes lower back um and what are some of the most effective ways to do that like say on their own Lacrosse ball, a foam roller. I found that that unless the foam roller is really, really like hard, you can do it with a really hard, hard foam roller. But in order to get that 
in order to get the hamstrings to kind of loosen up. It's not as acute as a lacrosse ball. It, it, it's not as it's not as uh, as pointed as a lacrosse ball, but a lacrosse ball to me is a little bit more effective because you can get into those places that the hamstrings are kind of tugging on. So if they were wanting to work on those hamstrings, because, you know, tight hamstrings, you know, lead to tight glutes, lead to back pain because of pelvic tilt and all that kind of stuff. And all that stuff. um, What is the best way? Would you just have them like sit on a table and then sit on the lacrosse ball? Sit on a table. Exactly. So sit, sit on a table, sit on a, um, on a box, you know, place the lacrosse ball between um, your hamstrings and the box and slightly press on your um, um, on your quad. Sometimes you don't even need, you don't even need that because you'll get an immediate response if your um, if your hamstrings are fucked. Yeah, yeah. If, they, if they're tight, it's not going to feel good at all. No, it's going to suck. So, is there a movement that they should do with that, or what's the duration? Or well, after you have that 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 ball in between yourself and the box, you kind of l- kick your leg out a little bit, you know. To lengthen the hamstring. To lengthen the hamstring, you know. Lengthen it out, lengthen it out. If you don't feel anything, add a little bit of pressure with your hands. Yeah, that's a good tip. If it doesn't hurt, you're probably not doing it right. Well, a um, a lot of therapists may disagree with me and say, oh, it's not supposed to hurt. No, if if you're shooting. It should be like shooting nerve pain, but there should be some discomfort. Exactly, exactly. I call it, (laughs) and for any any of my my clients that are hearing this, I call it therapeutic discomfort. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> you know, there should be some sort of therapeutic discomfort accompanied with any type of mobility work that you're doing. Now, um, um, in reference to to that, you know, am I going to hurt myself? You know, I think I um, I think I did too much. No, it's not like you're going to tear a muscle or pop a f- kidney. Yeah, I've never heard of anybody hurting themselves with a lacrosse ball. Yeah. Now, now, can you bruise it? Of course, you can. But but uh, here's another reference. If you've ever taken, say, like uh, um, a Boston butt or something like that, you know, or a steak or something like that, take a look at that steak. And this may seem like a very disgusting thing for some people to think of, but take a look at that steak. Okay, it's 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 the tissue of a large bovine animal. Okay, but it's no different than ours, you know. You take that and you compare it to what we have in our bodies, it's, it's the same thing. Very similar. Very, very similar. So, so what I used to do, once again, which may seem gross, is, is that I would take a steak or something like that and be like, and this is what, while I was still, still in massage school, I was just, just uh, experimenting, quote unquote, air quotes. You know, um, I would take that and kind of press it into it and be like, oh, okay, so this is what what tissue really feels like. You know, it's kind of cold and messy, but, you know, this is what it feels like. I took that and went, oh, all right, well, let's turn it into something or somebody that you have on the table, you know, and you're working into their quad. Oh, this this feels about the same. Wait a minute, I did this with this piece of meat, Let's see what happens. Boop. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, I kind of figured that that's where it was. Yeah. So but of course the cow isn't gonna isn't gonna moo. Of course. Because he's already gone. (laughs) Of course. So you don't know when you're hitting a spot on the dead cow steak on the porterhouse. No, but a human being, I'm telling you, they they come up off the table, dude. And but I've um like I said, I've been doing this for fifteen years and um I still I still love what I do. This is this is a passion for me. It's not. Um, it's not one of those things that I can just, just, just leave and go away from. You know, I have everybody from, from you know, high school athletes to, uh, to, collegiate, some pro. You know, um, and seeing a difference in, um, in their lives and being able to move and move correctly has has been great. If there's something that you could convey to people, um, just the general public, like when they're looking for a massage therapist or when they're working with a massage therapist, maybe a common misconception or something that bugs a lot of therapists, 
um, that people would know maybe etiquette or maybe something that they do that would help uh, improve the visit, what would it be? Uh, do the research. <clears throat> on the actual therapist? On or? the actual therapist. Do the research. Um, uh, you don't know how many people on um, have have read my Google reviews and have said, that's the reason why. That's the reason why I'm choosing you to go to is because I see, um, I see that you've helped this person, that person. I know this person, you know, and so I go by, by that, you know, I go by reviews. I go by the people just do the research, you know, cause you don't want to go to a therapist that, that pretty much is just about re rest and relaxation. You know, if you want rest and relaxation, you got a couch at home. Yeah. Go to the beach. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Salt water does the body good. I'm telling you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's good for the skin. <laughs> yeah. The skin. So, um, all right. So I'm gonna ask you, this is completely random, but, um, I feel like it's relevant cause we are in here and it is, what month is it? It is September. September. Now? Yep. Yeah. So not quite cool yet. And we are in your facility, your brand new, beautiful facility with all the beautiful crown moldings and high end appliances. Uh, but there's no AC. No, so, there's not. And I have a hoodie on, which is stupid of me, I understand. But I like to sweat. I sweat all the time. I sweat when I watch cops in the morning. That's you know, all right. Because I eat breakfast and whatnot. So would you rather live without the internet or live without AC and heating? Honestly, dude, that's a tough question, man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Threw a curveball at you. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, you do that well. Um, <laughs> it's my ADD kicking in. I'd rather. <laughs> I don't like to stay on any one subject too long. I'd rather know what's going on to a point, but to be honest with you, dude, I mean, <clears throat> AC is 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 relevant. It, it um it has its place sometimes, but you know. See, I would pick AC because I just flat out I can't sleep in the heat. If I'm sweating, I can't sleep. And I sleep, I sweat very easily. I'm like a sinner in church, you know, on Sunday. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's bad. So, um, so I would pick that plus the internet's the devil, you know what I mean? So, um, but unfortunately it's a whole, it could be a whole nother podcast. Uh, the internet has really allowed us to do what we do in the fitness industry. You know, it's been a double edged sword, of allowing people to pursue something that they love, like you with massage therapy, you know, the vast majority of your clientele is from referrals on the internet, like you said, your Google page and stuff like that. Yep. So, I mean, would you be able to live the life that you live without the internet? Now, a long time ago, I probably would have chosen AC and said, dude, no, no, you can have the internet. You know, AC in an empty business, it just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're pulling money out of your savings account to pay for the electric bill. You know, now, right now, I, I mean, I listen to, um, I literally listen to what Gary Vaynerchuk says, you know, Hey, Google, Instagram, uh, Facebook, go out there, do your business, work hard, work every day and your business will grow. If you don't, then you won't. Mm, yeah, it's very simple. Well, speaking of that, speaking of Instagram, who's your favorite person that you follow right now on social media? Like, who are you geeking out on? Um, you know, maybe it could be a podcast or whatever, but what, what one person are you fanboying out on the most right now? Um, it right, doesn't have to be fitness either. Right now, it's uh, John Lovell. John Lovell. Yeah. Okay, what does he do? Um, he's... Uh, he's uh, he's owner of the Warrior Poet Society, and um, it he covers a genre of things, but his main thing is uh, is preparedness, um, situational awareness. Um, oh, and also Sheepdog Project with uh, Tim Kennedy and uh, Doctor uh, Mike Simpson. It's a podcast. Yes. So, um, you say preparedness? Are we talking about like on a combat level? Combat every day doesn't matter what it is. How can people follow him if they haven't heard of him before? Do you know what his handle is on Instagram? Uh, it's it's John Lovell, J O H, 
N and L O V E L L, and it's Warrior Poet Society. That's a cool name. Yeah, sounds like a Robin Williams movie. Oh, uh, dude, it is. It is. I um I heard, and it just so happens, man, I ran into him um at five eleven, on um I think it was Sunday. I ran into him and I didn't know who he was or whatever and whatnot. And he just, I, I was like, man, this guy looks really familiar. He looks really familiar, you know. And I, um, um, he just said, um, at the, um, at the register, he said, well, I do training and tactical training for police, fire, and all this other good stuff. Um, and I was like, what did you say? He said, yeah, I do tactical training. All right, dude, what's your name? Shook hands and everything else and then went from there and I just so happened to have already been following him on Instagram. I was like, oh, dude, I already follow you. He was like, sweet. And I said, let's take a picture, man. Took a picture and that was it. You know, he, um, uh, we, we went through some situational awareness stuff, talked about knife fighting versus gun fighting, all this other good stuff. And yes, as a therapist, I am an avid concealed carry. You know, I have, I, I, I have firearms, you know? Well, I think that's funny that you say that because I don't, I can't think of a place. I don't know anybody that would try and rob you while they're naked laying face down on a table. Well, this is true. <laughs> so you're probably in the safest position. <laughs> this is true, but but at the same time, um, um, I do do make bank drops every now and then. And uh, with everything, dude, this world is crazy. Yeah, it's a wild west out here almost again. So so now, dude, I kind of have to, you know, my uh, my stagecoach is well armed. So, yeah, I'm going to be armed when I go and make any type of um, any type of moves or anything like that because you never know. Yeah, man, if you carry cash, you're absolutely right. I try not to just for that exact reason. You know, I don't want, you know, people. I was actually talking with somebody yesterday. I was like, you know, since people go out and rob people and take the money off of them, there should be some type of system that the government pulls up that if someone takes your credit card and if you're in a lot of credit card debt, when they try and use that credit card, they should automatically get like fined for it. Like somehow like they have to take on your debt once they rob you. That only seems fair, right? So like somebody, oh, yeah. somebody pulls Definitely. a gun on you, like give me all your money. Like ha, ha, ha. you just yeah. picked the wrong guy because now dude. you owe $10,000 to the U.S. Yep. government. <laughs> I think that should be a thing. Somebody start working on that if you're listening to it. Well, man, yep. Joseph, if um if people want to contact you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, you know, to get work done or just ask some questions and pick your brain. What, what's your social media stuff? Uh, well, I'm at uh, Sports Body Works, which is the name of my business. Um, Sports Body Works, big R, little X at the end. Um, on Facebook and also on uh, Instagram. Uh, also, you can message me on um, um on both of those platforms. Uh, if you ever need to get a, um, a session in or you just want to talk mobility, uh, just uh, phone number is 404-268-0999. Uh, please, no prank calls. Just just saying. It's kind of rude. It's going to happen. Great. And it'll probably, <laughs> probably be you. Me. It'll be me. <laughs> it'll be me. It'll just be heavy breathing. <sighs> nice. Uh, just on that. Just so you know. So you know who it is. Thanks, man. Um. So, but now you're mainly in the North Georgia area, but you travel some too, right? I travel a little bit. Um, the furthest I'll go is to Atlanta and that's, and that's pretty much it, man. And the furthest North I'll go is maybe Jasper, you know, um, but that's, that's pretty much it. So like the surrounding Metro Atlanta area. Um, but you've also done work at like, um, at different events and things like that too, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've worked security at, for the past three Three, four years at oh, security. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. For the uh, CrossFit regionals. Okay. That's right. So a lot of these guys I, I, um, I've shaken hands with, I've just, you know, and just to, ju- just as a little tidbit, um, I, I loved every year that I'm, um, I'm at there at the regionals. And, uh, if, if at any point, you know, any athlete would ask me, you know, Hey, what do you do? And I tell them, you know, I, that's what I do is sports massage, and and they actually take it into consideration. Um, uh, one guy actually last year he came with his therapist, 
Oh, yeah. At that level, and, I would be surprised. And the year before, he didn't come with anyone. So I was like, dude, you took you you took the advice. He said, yeah. After you told me that last year, dude, I started looking. Cool. Cool, man. Well, Joseph, man, thank you so much. Um, I think next time we do this, we're definitely going to do another one. But I want there to be whiskey and cigars involved. Oh, definitely. So, definitely. I got a few boxes. In the, well, I know. Well, I was over there. What was it last weekend or a, a little bit ago? We were, we were drinking some good whiskey and uh, had a couple really good cigars. And that's yep. the first time I've done that in a long time. I had a lot of fun. We also ate some really, really good. What was it? Was it brisket? or was Brisket. It, yeah, brisket that you made. Oh, little known fact, Joseph is also an amazing uh, brisket smoker, barbecuer. <laughs> I don't know how. You, yeah, chef or whatever. So, what what whiskey was it that we were drinking? Uh, Elijah. Was it Elijah? Yep. And then uh, that cigar that you gave and, me, and uh, Jefferson's, and the one I gave you, uh, I think it was either a Cohiba. Yeah, yeah, I gave you a Cohiba, and um, I can't really remember what I was having. Well, uh, I, I don't know anything about them at all, but I definitely enjoyed myself. It was fun. So we're going to definitely do it again. And next time we'll have the, uh, we'll have the, the audio rolling. Yeah. We, we had some pretty <laughs> crazy conversations oh, that yeah. night between choir. We didn't even get into the fact that both of us were in choir. Uh, choir, performing arts, just a whole lot of stuff, man. <laughs> a whole lot of stuff. Truly a, a jack of all trades. Well, Joseph, man, thank you so much, brothers. Anything else you want to add? Uh. Keep rolling out. Keep doing the things that you need to do for your body. And you only have one body and this lifetime. So take care of it. You only get one. Good words. We'll see you on the next one, guys. Hey, if you're still hanging around, you must like us. Thanks. You might as well subscribe and give us a five-star rating and a positive review. The love keeps us warm on long winter nights. Till next time. TheOAMNetwork.com Power to the podcast.